0: Hey, Passionate DJs, you're almost out of time to order our exclusive midnight edition of our classic logo T-shirt. I only sell these till the end of October, so if you want to get yours, head over to PassionateDJ.com merch and order one while you still can. Also, don't forget about our monthly bonus episodes, which you can access becoming a supporter at Patreon.com slash DJ.
1: podcast where we are becoming better djs through passion and purpose and now your host david michael
0: what's up everybody and welcome to the passionate dj podcast i'm your host david michael i'm hanging out with the homie tony decero how you doing buddy I'm well how are you and you've brought the one and only crystal grid back to the studio how hey. you guys doing fellas doing great what's up
1: Oh, not much. Hey, How's it going?
0: It's uh, it's good to see you. We've been talking about you on the show. I don't know if you've caught that, but we've been we bring you up quite a bit. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to to get you guys back in the studio and just catch up with you and have you guys on as a uh, more guest co-host instead of uh, interviewee in the in the hot seat. Uh, so we're just here to have a conversation and hang out. Yeah, fantastic. We're excited to be here. So uh, we just what what day was it? Thursday. Yep. Thursday you guys played at the mask, right? And this was like a, a build as a crystal grid show. Was that presented by anyone? Was that a three dimensional show or?
2: It, no, it was all, um, it was all all of us. Okay.
0: And so you, you guys really put a lot of effort into the presentation of that. You guys had like uh, your whole set done. I, I assume based on your festival sets, right? Was that how you kind of planned it out? And so uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys about this is because I went to the show and, uh, you know, Tony's like, hey, Crystal Grid's playing. You got to come out, see them, see how they've improved. I'm like, cool. So I show up and, I mean, you guys were like rock stars up there, right? So uh, don't take this the wrong way, but what happened? Because that you guys have always had great stage presence and everything, but something was different. And I can tell that you guys are like more festival seasoned I think or you just felt really you seemed like you felt really comfortable up there um, is that because of these bigger shows that you've been doing or did you feel that is that just are you are you better at presenting yourself and hiding it or what is that what's going on with you guys I would
3: say uh, practice 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 uh, 100% and then of course playing numbers fast playing uh, breakaway Columbus and then Cincinnati Summer Jam definitely helped season us and and let us uh, just gain those experiences, but those aside, just, just putting in the hours and, and spending a lot of time
1: practicing our, our live sets.
3: Yeah.
1: So not only practice, but we've, we have figured out like our routine now, like our, our pre-show routine, The um, pre-show routine. Okay. Yeah. So, so like getting properly warmed up, um, you know, making sure everything's perfect and set where it needs to be. And, uh. We we kind of like we, we know how to psych ourselves up now because um, we've we've I think we've we've played enough shows that um, in front of enough people that we feel more comfortable now. Um, and and we have a motto is just like leave it all on the stage. So we just give it everything that we've got. And uh, it, I feel like I can say a year ago um, the nerves and and like pr- preparedness has definitely changed so i feel a lot more confident i I know you do too and um we we kind of know what we're doing now and we we know how to navigate our our set from from beginning to end
0: so let's kind of uh for newer listeners or people who missed the last episode it's been 10 or 20 episodes since you guys have been on so uh maybe kind of briefly describe what you guys do as crystal grid who is crystal grid give the, the elevator pitch on that again and uh then we'll go from there because there's a lot more than just djing going on here so i want to make sure everybody understands that
3: yeah so we uh as you guys know we we infuse live saxophone and live drums and live mixing uh and infuse it into a dj set uh we definitely we blend a lot of genres but mainly focus on future bass trap and then dub dubstep elements uh, but really just trying to make it a cohesive engaging show uh and, and once again, ensuring that there's a lot of crowd engagement and a lot of conversation back and forth between yeah. us um, with the live instrumentation and then and then the
0: crowd uh, as partiers. And so you guys had started out, The let's see, the, the beginning, when did you guys start playing together? Remind me, it was last year? Uh, July of last year? August.
3: August of last year. Okay, so, it, of last so
0: you have crossed the one year threshold. Barely. Have. Yep, barely. barely.
1: So when when was your first show? Approximately August twelfth. That was August eleventh was when we when we decided that we were gonna or like we we told the world who who we were. Okay. We were yeah. Grid. Um, we had played a couple shows together um, beforehand when we were still individual artists, but we were kind of doing like this collaboration show um, where I was mixing and Cody was playing the saxophone and. The August 11th was when we when we decided to like really bring it together and, and put together our brand, uh, with with the drums and the saxophone over top of the the bass music. So,
0: yeah. You know. So you guys seem to have learned a whole lot in that first year because the the first time I saw you play was when you had Crystal Gr- uh, Tony, you had them play at Mask, Snowden. for Snowden, right, and. Uh, you know that was I told the story last time you guys were here. Everybody's like, "Come check out this band downstairs. Come check them out. Come check them out." And I'm like, "All right, all right, fine." And I go down there, and I was impressed then. And I mean, the set that you played on Thursday was was a completely different thing than that. Like, I was like, "Wow, these guys f- seem like they've been doing this for years." Uh, so that's just kudos. But thank you. Um, I, thank you. I hope that uh, we can we can learn something from that because. Uh, I mean, I know people who've been performing on stage for years that don't ever get that, first of all. Uh, that that comfort and the interaction with the crowd and the interaction with each other, uh, looking like you belong there, um, knowing what to say, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just you guys were on top of it. And I know a lot of that had to do with you, Tony, uh, Tony too, as far as the, the presentation went. Because I know everybody worked really hard on making sure the, the logos were on the LED walls and the cryo was set and everything was timed to your music. Like, I could tell everything was worked together and there was communication there and it was a proper show you know so there was the polish on it but then there was the the experience that it could just was picking up there um so i guess what i want to know is um i notice it because i see one show and then another show and then another show and i'm like whoa improvement but you guys are there the whole time right so do you feel like you guys have improved that much yeah 100 so, so in in what ways like what what do you think you've learned the most from this year of performing?
3: Uh, well, I think our, our individual musicality has improved. Um, so not only from being able to practice together, but just practicing on our own in regards to drumming techniques, saxophone techniques, um, taking it back to my classical days and ensuring that I'm still working on scales and uh, different, uh, breaking out the sheet music and ensuring that I'm still, still working on the fundamentals. Uh, and then, of course, we've had the opportunity, thanks to Nathaniel, to practice at Therapy Cafe, um, leading up to some of our festival performances, uh, in which we, we have a select amount of people, possibly five individuals. David, you were included on one of those sessions and, uh, we, we practice our, our live set, uh, on, a, on an actual stage, on an actual sound system for people that are going to be able to provide us intentional feedback and then ensuring that we take that feedback debrief how does it apply to our show and then work on said feedback um and so so being being open to critique and ensuring that you are getting feedback uh for your live performances and then practicing like you're performing live uh when we practice we're we're dancing we're practicing the crowd engagement um and i i think that that's what sets our our show
0: apart from from other other sets how hard is that to 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 act like there's to mime like there's a crowd there like is that has to be awkward as hell right like it, we kind of have fun with it i think do you yeah. um well that, it, that has to help because it, i mean it, i feel like i would be awkward about it
3: uh, and and so we do a lot of intentional visualization so when we right before we start our set for practice like we psych we ourselves up and, and we pick whatever show that we're prepping for and envision
0: that crowd in front of us before we go and so it's uh and for the record i do that too i've talked about that on the show like when even when i'm practicing or playing in here like i'm envisioning what i think the crowd is approximately going to be like for whatever upcoming show but that's easy for me as a dj who doesn't have to like talk or <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you know interact in the same way as, as you guys do it's, it's really impressive that you guys decided right off the bat to do that because yeah. I, it shows that you guys know how to do that
3: (laughs) yeah it 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 feels relatively ridiculous in the moment sometimes but when you're in front of 200 people 250 people and you pick up the mic and you've already practiced speaking to the crowd it makes it a whole lot easier and that's the same with live instrumentation um pretending like we're performing in front of people whenever we're practicing even in our individual studios uh it, it just makes it a whole lot easier when there is an actual live crowd in front of you. Yeah. Let me touch on one more
1: thing. So another thing I want to touch on was practice. Um, it's huge. You ha- you have to keep practicing when when you when you'd rather be on Facebook or playing video games or whatever. It's you know it's eight o'clock nine o'clock at night. You got to work the next morning. You have to be practicing. It's it's you, number one. So you don't consider performance to be practice. Enough practice. I guess per- performance yeah. alone is not enough practice. Absolutely not. No. You, what do you find yourselves practicing
0: the most? Like what, what are your sticking points
1: that you, that, let me rephrase that. What do you feel like you have to work on the most? For me, it's, um, it's definitely drum, drum technique. Okay. And making sure that I can run back and forth from the DJ decks to the drum kit and make sure that I'm going to hit the mix every time. Um, Cause this last set at, uh, on Thursday at, at, the mask i had there were a couple transitions where i had maybe 10 seconds before i had to be hitting a button and making Mm. sure that i was on time um so you can imagine like practicing that so many times that i know i'm putting my sticks down i'm hitting reverb i know exactly when i'm going to twist this knob and that's key when you're when you're doing so much on stage so do you feel like planning it to that
0: degree it is I it, obviously it's helpful for most scenarios but does it ever get in the way like oh I practiced it this way but now my my snare was placed over here instead of here like does it does that mess with you or are you pretty like light on your feet now with that kind of stuff so I assume if anything's gonna get you used to that uh, festivals will
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean it's the it, every show that we've played something has kind of gone wrong okay um and working through that, and, and actually, that experience is, has been pretty huge. Um, just every time, like, what went wrong? Figure that out. Don't do that next time. And you just keep that experience going and, and keep it rolling. And um, then you don't make those mistakes again.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a little more simple for me um, since I, I have the saxophone. And it's uh, I, I just take that wherever I go. Um, <laughs> So it's a, it's a little easier. Um, but Emmer, touching back on like the, the sticky points or the muddy points, uh, for me, it's just memorizing the keys of all the tracks and ensuring that oh, I, yeah. I at least know the key. Cause a lot of the time I'm jamming. Um, of course, once you jam enough, you figure out your favorite melodies that you want to play. Uh, but in order to be able to do that and to jam through the entire set, I have to know the key of every single track. And so, just ensuring that I practice those tracks enough to, to know that I'm not going to play the wrong key when a new track comes on.
0: I mean, does it really come down to like mechanical practicing of like doing scales and, and arpeggios and stuff like that, or is oh, it? Oh, thank, is thank it, God it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> no,
3: no, thank nope. Those uh, those days are over for me. So you just uh, like put the tracks on loop and then just jam for however long yeah well so whenever we we start on a new set um jared will record like a rough draft when he first when he's working on the set list and the the transitions and then he'll send that over so i can start memorizing what track comes after which track and then then figure out the melodies from there um so i'll i'll personally just throw it into ableton um set a loop and if there's a section that's new i'll just loop it until i figure it out and then i'll continue to move on
0: Okay. Hey, I got that. So, um, uh, Tony, are, are you still using the word manager? Is that okay? Um, what have you noticed has improved the most or what has like, do you have any sticking points? What, what have you been working with with crystal grid from your perspective?
2: Um, transitions, oh, I'm sorry. boom, boom. Um, transitions are a lot better. They're, uh, mic work. Um, that's kind of been my biggest point with them is their mic work because I'm not a drummer, I can't really tell somebody how to drum or how to play sax for that matter. Um, uh, the crowd engagement's gotten a lot better. Um, one thing that I do talk to Cody about a lot is um, because when you when you play those festivals and you have that much energy, when you go to talk on the mic, you want to give all the energy, you know. But I when, get hyped. But, yeah, I get super hyped. But when you're in a club, you know, in front of a couple hundred people in a small room. You want to kind of lower that hype voice more to a talking voice and talk to the crowd a little bit you know instead of giving them all the energy you know what i mean um that um and just a a few minor things but realistically like these guys are are amazing as it is you know they they do their own practices and i can't commend them enough for the practice and the work that they put in um i mean i can compare it to when i was a gymnast when i was younger you know i went to the gym and had my three-hour practices, but I also practiced at home. You know my forward rolls, my handstands, my techniques, and and things like that. And these guys, they do it to a T on their own. I don't have to, I don't have to hold their hand. Yeah. yeah.
0: So where have you been this whole time? Because you've been gone for a couple of weeks running the circuit too before the show. Can we talk a little bit about your adventures while while we've got you here?
2: <laughs> Same place as Carmen, San Diego. Um. <laughs> I was in. Let's see. I went from Columbus, had a two weeks off, and then went to East Lansing, Michigan, Michigan State University, for Prime Festival. Came back for a week, and then Charlotte and Nashville for Breakaway Festivals. Mm-hmm. Backline tech. Backline tech. Stage managing. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mo Dingo caught up with you, right? Is it. Charlotte was it?
2: Yeah. Mo uh, Mo flew into Charlotte, met us there, um, and the company loves him because he's he's. A paramedic, he's a big dude, <laughs> you know that you don't want to pass. Um, and a lot of the security guards um, from each camp—when I say camp, each artist—they um, have their own personal security, and they loved Mo, and they wanted Mo to help them out. And there was an instance during uh, uh, whose set was it? I to, It was right before Little Pump went on. Um, Mo had noticed somebody three rows back. From the front, that had been there all day, completely dehydrated, passed out, and Mo jumped from the stage down to the pit, jumped over the rail, got into the crowd, and dispersed the crowd out and helped the guy out to get him hydrated and get him picked up and out of the crowd.
0: Wow, Mighty here, yeah, Mo, it was
2: it was really cool to see, man. Man,
0: well, that's that's good that he was there. Yeah, I, I always forget that he has all that like medic training and stuff. That's he in direct medic mode. <laughs> Man, so I I guess
2: the season's probably about wrapping up. Yeah, we have Haunted Fest left in Columbus uh, this coming up weekend with uh, Porter Robinson and Chami and Alan Walker. Um, But yeah, it's the end of my season for festivals.
0: With this uh, show at masks, Crystal Grid show, um, can you tell me a little bit about what went on behind the scenes with setting that up? Because this was cool for me to watch from the side because you put it together like any headlining show. I mean, you like you worked with the light guy, and you worked with the sound guy, and you, you had the logos, and you, I mean, it was very well presented. So exactly what thought went into planning this, like,
2: Crystal Grid as a headliner event? Ask the two guys next to me. Because Fire away? I say that because I was gone on the road for a couple of weeks. Um, so Jared stayed in contact with the light guy there. Um, I showed up for the sound check and helped him load in. Um, you know, but 80% of the work that went into it were these guys.
0: So let's talk about it. Uh, what, besides the music, what exactly went into the show and, and where was your head at?
1: Cause it, it turned out great. Um, a lot of coordination. So firstly, you got to reach or you got to figure out who you want to play, um, alongside you. Uh, so reaching out, making sure they have all their equipment that they need. So you, you picked your own starting lineup yes. or, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all they're all homies of ours. Yeah. And we wanted to basically this show was to to give back to them. So it's kind of like our one year anniversary show. Yeah. Um, kind of unannounced. But um, we wanted to give back to everybody who's helped us out locally. And um, everyone on the lineup had had something to do with our success. So we've we wanted to give back by having them play a show with us. But um, as far as planning goes, I'm I'm a I'm a pretty decent planner. Like. Before I was a DJ, I, I would throw, um, an annual party around my birthday and would just, I, I just eat up the details. I just love, love all the details and making sure all the, all the ducks are in a row. So that kind of stuff is, is, comes pretty naturally for me. Um, but we, we ran our own sound. Um, like we had our own mixer and we, we mixed in all of our own instruments and, um, what else did we do? Um, oh yeah so um got a hold of nico from like he's he's a resident lighting guy and dj at at mask runs the first floor i believe and um we just got a we just got a hold of him and and asked him to to do a little extra work for us and we we gave him payment for that uh so that like you're literally just making connections and, and paying people for their time and everything comes together so
2: One thing that I really like that you said is, and a lot of people don't understand when it comes to throwing a party, the details, the details, the smallest little details help the vibe in the room out, you know, from not turning the sound up all the way in the beginning and slowly increasing the lights. And, you know, none of the cryo was pushed out until the headliners went on, you know, and those little details, all those little things help the party go smooth as possible.
0: um so uh, what else have you guys been up to have you been working on any new like production stuff or i, I pretty much had no plans uh for like as far as an outline for the show so um now that i've kind of asked you my main questions we can talk about whatever you guys want if you guys have any projects or you have something totally unrelated to crystal grid we can talk about that too but yeah um, if, if you've got something going on i'd love to hear about that first
3: yeah so we're uh we're trying to work on our catalog right now um because with we we put a lot of focus onto our live show and sometimes production and building that catalog um gets put on the back burner so get that uh yeah and, and and not necessarily completely put on the back burner it's just we don't spend as much time um on it uh for example when we were prepping for breakaway columbus like that was 100 percent our main focus um but the more comfortable we get playing shows and preparing for shows the more we're able to split that time evenly uh we have a track with our friend Buglebot. um he he's out of denver he goes to berkeley in boston he plays the trumpet super cool dude uh he played with us at breakaway columbus but we have an original track with with him coming out in probably a few weeks uh, we don't have a, a set release date um we actually played it it was a uh, fly low okay, okay yeah um and then we collabed with him on uh, a remix for defunct um it was a remix hosted remix competition hosted by skio music uh and we ended up winning second place out of Ew. a few hundred submissions nice uh so we were we were proud of that of course we wanted we wanted first but uh second place was good jared reminded me of that for for about a week thank you <laughs> um There, more more news to come on that okay more more news to come on the defunct remix okay, hopefully some enough. some really exciting stuff <laughs> uh, and then we we're actually we're putting uh, the final touches on another track right now um, that is just an original between us no no vocalists okay. um, and we're we're really excited about it it's definitely gonna be uh, a step in a, a relatively new direction in in regards to um, the future base vibe that we're, that we're going for. I was
0: just going to ask, can you give us any, any genre clues or style clues? So it's future direction. future base
3: and gets a little heavy. There's a, there's a okay. solid
0: surprise on the, on the second drop. It's uh, okay. it's going to be fun. So this brings up a good question as far as energy levels. And I'm going to pick your DJ brain a little bit on this one. Um, so when you're, when you're creating your set list, um, it it feels like, like how much does the dj aspect fit into that because i noticed that the energy goes places just like a, the best dj's you know what i mean like you guys do that as a band together you have sure. like you start somewhere you ramp it up you get real heavy you bring it down you do like a, almost something ballady, and then you bring it in, and then you get jazzy and it just it goes places but in a way that makes sense like everything leads somewhere um so is is that Who's doing that? <laughs> uh,
3: so,
1: so that's me. And you literally just explained it like, okay, <laughs> to the T like that, that was our, that was, I got it from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so all of that is intentional. Um, my advice to young, younger DJs, which I haven't really been doing it very long, but um, I, early on, I did a lot of research why do i like this dj what do i like about their performance um just different different electronic acts um what are they doing taking notes and then applying that to 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 my live dj set and um it turns out when you when you take the best of of the best and and for every aspect whether it be your mixing your the way your set is is laid out even your your Uh, crowd engagement your energy level and your live instrumentation you put all that together you you have a pretty phenomenal set um so yeah just pay attention to what your favorite djs are doing and then do that um do you have any particular names
0: that you can mention that you recognize as being a direct influence on how you do that
1: yeah so um for me hardwell was a was a big influence of mine um when i first started djing i was i was i love big room house like just it's my favorite um and i was a big room house and trap dj when i first started and um obviously hardwell all the way like he's he was killing the game back in you know 2016 2017. um and then Dada life i'm sure you've heard of data life um i I love their live show they're so full of energy and they just they just yeah yeah um but maybe i don't have any champagne though so it's okay but um yeah so it's uh i forget where we started with the question but just borrowing a lot of different things and and putting into your own um
0: yeah i mostly wanted to know like how the how much of it was influenced by by DJs and doing the DJ thing? Because you, your guys' soundtrack is, you know, the the DJ set gives you the bass line that you work with, the B A S E line that you work <laughs> with, but then you do all the stuff on top of it, and and then it becomes more of a band approach, and so that has to come with some compromises, probably, because you guys oh, aren't absolutely. you aren't playing 125 BPM for an hour and a half, right? Like like right. I
1: might. Well, um. <laughs> I mean, I can give you my formula. Like, it's no secret. I, we start out at 80 BPM and we end at 150, and it it slowly climbs. Um, and I like to take people on a journey, kind of like a roller coaster ride. So you start out, you're climbing the hill, you're, you're building the energy. You have this huge climax and release. You come back down. You play like prettier, more melodic tracks, and you start climbing again. And then you get heavy, and you just keep doing that. So basically, what you're doing is you're not you're not playing bangers back to back to back and, and making people bored with hearing the same kind of sounds over and over again. Um, And you, you get to where like you're starting to wear your crowd out. Like there's, uh, there's so much energy you need to release that. You need to allow them to have a breather and then have them get super stoked again and then come back down. Um, Then you have to end with a bang. Obviously.
2: That's always been one of my biggest pet peeves of, of, the younger generation wanting to play bangers the whole time um, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a top 100 but just constant in your face for one hour it just it kills the crowd it kills the energy with you know quick
1: I'll say one more thing I, can...
2: I think they're at,
0: at crystal grids at such an advantage for getting that from the get-go because a lot of people in in your guys position who play similar kinds of music i think don't They don't have that dj approach that you have which i obviously i'm biased i like a dj approach to it but i like like you have that energy ramp thing that djs that good djs like to do um but you have these band elements to it so i I think that that gives you that's one of your superpowers right as crystal grid is that you you get to have that influence
1: well another thing that i just remembered was um don't neglect the breaks and the builds in your songs. Those are huge. Those, mm. those are literally where your where your most energy gets built. Um, and I, and I've heard a lot of DJs that just go drop to drop and it's it, you become, you lose the excitement of the build. Yeah. And the anticipation. Exactly. And, and like, Oh, I'm getting pumped up. I'm ready to rage. Well, just 150 BPM for an hour, just, Drop to drop to drop, like you. There's no energy building there. It's just hype the entire time. I believe that
2: has to do also with a lot of lost patience.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, it's it, not to be like cliche or crass about it, but it, I mean, it's like it's like sex, right? Like you, like some people like to jackhammer it out for an hour, but usually there's like some kind of flow and some, you know, you, like you. If you take that kind of approach to it, right? Like there's the foreplay, and then there's the da 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 da. da. You know, I always make that it always makes people laugh to make that, you know, comparison. But if you really think about it, it's the same idea, you know, right? It's blow your load, blow your load, blow your load. Right. Exactly.
3: <laughs> hey, well and, and but along those lines, so I, I went to Lost Lands like a month ago. Um, one of the largest dubstep specific festivals in the country. Um and there I mean there is a crowd for that. You know, yeah, there there is a sure. crowd for that. I uh I mean Dubstep is my is my favorite sub-genre of electronic music no doubt um and so don't get me wrong I, I love the the emotional journey and intentional design of our sets but i can also go in and i can do drop to drop to drop sure, sure. um if i'm attending a show so realizing but, but i that think there, that helps set a, you
0: apart though is what yeah, i'm saying
3: yeah yeah definitely definitely but there is there is a market for the banger to banger dj and and there are crowds that that are receptive to that
0: yeah because it's it's not like you guys are like sitting back and and playing a bunch of boring filler in between i mean like everything you guys are playing is interesting yeah well
3: still what you want and and so not only with the the musical transitions from the dj aspect but making sure our live instrumentation follows that same journey um, and how do we match what we're playing on live instruments to the track that we're playing, and how, how can we change that emotion or add to that emotion based upon the notes that we're playing.
2: And it's it's cool to see that you guys don't play the instruments the whole time. You know, through every song, it's not constant sax or constant drums. You know, it's drums and letting the song do its thing, and then, you know, it's not just constant instruments the whole time. I dig that a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I do too because I've seen other dj acts who who try to add some kind of instrument and they do that they like overdo it and then it just feels try hard it feels like a gimmick whereas you guys feel like a cohesive band when mm-hmm. you do it you mm-hmm. know what i mean you're like we're gonna let the music talk for a while okay now we're gonna add to it and it's like very intentional you know i think that that makes a big difference
1: so a lot of that comes oh there goes the cell phone a lot of that comes down to um logistics like it's when i'm when i'm doing a lot of quick um energetic transitions it's impossible to play the drums because you because i I need like after the drop or or whatever it might be i i need you know four maybe eight bars to you know cue up the next song and make sure that the gains are staged and everything's perfect um which that's another thing gain stage don't stay out of the red (laughs) um yeah. So um, well,
0: that's, you have to worry about that more than than Tony or I do. Right. Because you have a lot of transients. You're you're hitting a percussion instrument. You're playing, you know, the analog saxophone. You're bringing vocalists in. I mean, that's a lot of levels to worry about. C-
1: correct. And also uh, we're, we're genre blending a lot. So is that all your
0: job? Do you do all the mixing of the vocals and everything or just that, do you leave that to a sound like front of house guy
1: or something? Um, it, it depends on okay. the size of the show. Um, for the mask show, I, we did all that together. Uh, we were, you know, jumping back and forth off yeah. the stage and, and messing with the mixer. But, um, obviously at breakaway and, uh, some of those larger festivals, we had a, uh, sound engineer that was doing all that for us, but yeah.
0: What's the, what's the hardest thing about what you guys do? What do you struggle with it with your performance style or what's. Do you find anything that's just you can't get past it, or it's a, it's always a thing? I mean, you guys are such hustlers that I see you working and grinding all the time. I don't feel like anything will stop
1: you. <laughs> but what's what the just hard, sticks in your craw? What's the hardest thing is constant improvement. Okay, constantly getting better at what we do, constantly improving. Um, do you feel like you're pl- you plateau
0: all the time, or what? what no,
1: no. It's um, it's how can we take this to the next level? How can we continue to have this grow? What okay. what can we get better at? What are we doing now? Acknowledge acknowledge your success, but always push for the for the next rung in the ladder. Um, so like maintaining I, momentum in that way. It it could be that uh, honestly, like I I mean we have so much to do, whether it be production or live instrumentation. It, we're we're always on our toes. Um, but like uh, for example, for this for this Max show. I went out and i bought a a marching band snare and i literally had to learn how to play that like i've never played marching snare in my life and um, that was cool by the way you like walked out yeah so um we we played odessa's loyal their their latest release and that that really challenged me so rather than and we what we have like three weeks three weeks to learn it so uh, i'm I'd hate to speak for you, but it, it was relatively easy on the horns. But what, when it came to percussion, like the, those, those get like, they have a professional marching, um, like snare drummers. Like those mm. are, that's what those dudes do. Yeah. And, um, so like m- melding my style with, with that marching snare stuff was it, it, it really challenged me, but you know what? We wanted to play the song and we wanted to do something awesome. So that was, that was a push for that. Do you agree or do you have a,
0: a different thought? Uh, biggest struggles,
3: man? I, uh, so, so touching on what Jared said about celebrating the small successes, that's probably our biggest challenge to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, smelling the roses. Yeah. We don't smell the roses very often. We, uh, we, we like to dive back into the dirt and, and keep grinding. Um, so I think if there's something we could, we could do better is probably slowing down and, um, reflect more on on what we've done not not saying that we we don't we could probably just do it more often Um, every everything is is definitely a checklist we we hit something off and it's 100 miles an hour to the next next checklist which I'm I'm a okay with that's that's just how I operate
0: that's how Jared operates but we should celebrate more (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what is like how do I want to phrase this How, let me start here. How much time out of your week does Crystal Grid take up?
3: Uh, a lot. Um, so it was justify your time to me. Oh my goodness. So I, so speaking on, on just my personal schedule, so I, I work 20 to 30 hours a week. I, I'm also a full time grad student. Um, so it's a pretty, that's a pretty hefty schedule alone. And then, the week leading up to mask or the week before, like I, I put 40 hours into a track in in one week on top of everything else. So I, oh God, I don't even know how much time we, I, I have no idea. A lot.
0: See, that, that's probably my biggest struggle is time management for myself. Like whether it's passionate DJ stuff or like personal artist stuff or basically anything in my life, it's like, I always feel like I'm like bargaining with myself against time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it gets worse when you have, you know, uh, significant others and kids and whatever, whatever you got. Um, So, I mean, do you do you guys find yourself struggling with the amount of time you spend on it? Or is it one of those like if if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life kind of things? Does that make sense? I. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe a little column A, a column B. (laughs)
3: Yeah. I. uh, Hmm. I mean, that that's tough. I don't I don't I don't know. I I love the grind. I just love love the hustle. Um, but don't get me wrong. There's points where we can run ourselves into the ground from from working so hard yeah. and so being intentional about about taking rest because yeah, you need it. Your body needs it. Your your creativity needs it. Um,
1: I don't know. That's tough. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Talking about time management. Well, it's really hard to manage. <laughs> Um, I, I think what, what helps me out the most is just setting a goal and focusing on said goal until it's complete. And that's a whole lot of gray area. And I understand that, but, um, I think having the support from your significant other is pretty huge. Yeah, Um, absolutely. The, cause there's, there's definitely a sacrifice, but there's something that that clicks in your mind when you decide to um, go from one thing to the next, which which for me, I'm I'm a professional graphic designer um, and I am I made the choice to pursue music full time. And when that when that flip gets switched in your head, when that switch gets flipped in your head. Sorry. Um, yeah, then uh, you you understand the sacrifice and and you're willing to make the sacrifice because you know that that's, that's how you're going to be putting your putting food on the, on the table pretty soon. Um, but I would definitely say it's unhealthy. Like there's no doubt. Like there's the, the work life balance is, is really hectic. Um, it's not easy. It's not glorious. You see us get on the stage. That's probably the happiest we are in, in that moment. Um, because it's just grind, 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 um and to be honest i didn't like the more i think about it like breaking breaking through and becoming a professional artist like i don't believe that's going to stop it's just going to keep getting bigger and harder um but uh, we'll be spending more time on it and and maybe there will be a balance in the future um but like i said like i've been i've been a graphic designer for 12 years and um there is there's nothing like being on that stage it is mm. there's there's nothing I've I've experienced that that surpasses that so it's it's you got to want it and you got to want it bad
0: what's the next stage what do you what is it that you want next
3: uh, we want a hefty 2019 um, show schedule definitely a busy 2019
0: uh, you want to be busy
3: yes <laughs> As we're talking about work by <laughs> balance, we want to be busier than we already are. <laughs> uh, no, that I mean that's 100 percent accurate. Uh, we want to be able to play more shows, expand into other markets that we haven't played yet. We've only played in Ohio. It's time to expand and and jump states oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's time for that. Yeah, and, and so ready.
3: yeah, so so get in front of new audiences and new geographical areas um, while simultaneously. Uh, pushing our production skills and pushing our online brand, our online image, push that further um, and just continue to expand.
0: That sounds like a great plan. Um, I'm pretty much out of questions guys, but um, we can record as long as you want. Is there anything else that you guys would like to discuss or any questions you have or any completely random topics or, I mean, uh... it's wide open.
2: Um, I do want to say going back to, cause um during the show we had like a little mishap at the beginning that we need that we should talk about and it's like the smallest it's going back to the smallest details um and it was the crossfader on jared's controller um i don't know if the switch was on off but during the show the crossfader went to one side music went out so we're looking around i come up and he's looking around we're trying to figure it out and then finally we're like oh a crossfader you know but it's like the those smallest little details before you go up or when you're on and i have that happen a lot too on these festivals um you know a lot of the guys cuz they they don't use cross, they don't use the crossfader yeah and when it's on and you go to one side the music's out right so just those small details from that i had um something happen at the festival where one of the dj's when he ended he had a controller and he was plugged in from his interface went aux in to 900 mixer on the back of one of the lines when he, he ended his set he affected on the mixer reverbed all the way out and was done so when the next guy came on he was using uh he was using a controller as well music was coming through we were looking at it couldn't figure out why it's not coming through and i'm like oh shit this effects button is blinking boom <laughs> loud as shit you know what i mean so like those small little details when you're in the midst of things and that happens and you go to freak out you have to look around at all those small little minor details that you wouldn't typically think of Um, CDJ, for example, being in reverse. Okay. You're at the beginning of the song, people are hitting play. Like my shit's not playing. It's not playing. Well, there's nowhere for it to go. It's got to go forward. So you flip the switch, let it go forward. And just those like small little minor details before you even, before you go on stage or when you're in the, in the, in the heat of it and something like that happens, you have to know what to look for on those little those little things, you and know. You know to have the compo- to
0: have the composure to do that when you're in, I mean, because you're kind of, you can't help but panic a little in a situation, in a live environment like that, you know, and it just it requires you to, like, hold on, just do the shit. Okay, we're going to be down for five minutes, whatever. It's already happened, so let's just deal with it and dealing with it rather than screaming and freaking out.
2: It's definitely panic at the disco, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it happened, and... We figured it out real quick and, you know, they came back to the beginning of a song and it was not a showstopper by any means, you know, and once those 10 seconds are over, people forget about it and it's, it's yeah. gone. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Kim also play, uh, one of the openers, she had some trouble with her controller and it stopped the music a couple times on her and I asked her about it. She explained the problem she was having, but, you know, she just... Hit play and kept going, hit play and kept going, dealt with the problem and came down and it didn't rattle her, which I was impressed by because she, she's not a new DJ, but she's not an old school DJ either. You know, she's kind of right in the middle.
2: You have to know how to work with it and deal with it. And especially, you know, when I'm stage managing and I have, a you know, a DJ that's DJing for one of the main acts and 20,000 people are staring at you and the DJs turn around looking at me like, what's going on with the equipment here? you know you have to have your composure enough to walk up look around see what's going on and then deal with the problem and not panic and freak out and that's that that comes with experience for sure
0: yeah that's uh that go- really goes a long way i mean I, I know we drive that point home a lot but there's just the, the calmness will get you so far in this business i think that's,
2: I mean, that's something else that you know just like that that minor switch now when we go into our next show we're going to look at that mixer and maybe we'll take a piece of small gaff tape and keep that switch off and put a piece of gaff tape over it so it doesn't happen again you know just something that small but the specifics in a show and the minor details definitely come into play yeah
0: you know uh, another completely random question that i've been thinking about is do you guys have any uh kind of like gear lust like is there anything that you that you wish you could add to, to the crystal grid the uh, toy box
3: oh man uh, if i could have a tenor saxophone That'd be really really cool. Yep. So Have both alto and tenor. That's um, my
0: my dad plays tenor nice. sax.
3: Yeah yeah. Um, for me, I I think that would be really really cool. And I know, uh, like Big G, um, Dominic from Big G, he does that. I think Grizz does that too. He'll bust out a tenor sax every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, so having that implementing live guitar.
0: What kind of price point is that?
3: Oh, uh, a good tenor. A like good five tenor. Five grand. Yeah, that's what I thought. A lot. Ouch. A lot. Um, we'll make it happen though. We'll make it happen. <laughs> aside aside from other instruments though, I'm I'm pretty
0: happy with with what I got. Are you still happy with the uh, RX
1: RX two? RX two is, right? RX2 is RX2. phenomenal. I love it. Um, they just released a new one that's yeah. smaller. Yeah, they did. Uh, which intrigued me because I smaller is, is good.
0: Yeah. But, it doesn't look like a whole lot different feature wise either. Yeah, like I, yeah. I feel like you could still do what you do
1: with probably. Is it. Probably. Yeah. Significantly smaller? I mean, it's probably the size of like a normal controller, like laptop controller is everything just it's missing. So, uh, the RX two has a row of eight buttons, I believe. Yeah. And they have reduced it to four. Um, They might have gotten rid of a few features. Yeah, they
0: took a couple of the things off. But I mean, I think it's kind of like the same thing as going between these and the the 2000s or something. It's like it does all the basic things that you want it to, just maybe a few less frills. And for lighter weight and and smaller footprint, for a lot of someone in your position, that might be
1: an interesting sell. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Because that thing is definitely heavy. Yeah. And that was was one of the, when you uh, reviewed it, that was like one of your... One of your big tick marks on it was, was how heavy it is. And it's not light at all, especially carrying it in, in a coffin case.
0: You know, I got so much blowback from that, from saying that. Really? On that review. Yeah, like if you look through the comments and stuff, people are like, why are you complaining about how big and heavy this is? It replaces this, and this, and this, and this. I'm like, look, guys, I'm I'm like I'm giving it a rating. Like I have to find yeah, things to complain gotta, about. Yeah.
1: And with this, it's going to be it's big and it's heavy. Well, I've, I've had it for how how long? Like what? Almost eight months or so yeah somewhere around there february i do the math yeah um and it's heavy so yeah it's heavy yeah there you and go guys but
0: people were like it's not heavy compared to a pair of 1200s and a djm 600 sure but you can carry for all years. those
1: you can carry all those individually like you, right. you can't carry the rx2 individually <laughs> especially in its coffin case it probably weighs 40 pounds yeah so. also it's like let's compare apples to apples right right, like, or t- right. <laughs> My car uh, is heavier than that controller too. Yeah. What do you, What's your point? Yeah. So we're t- we're talking about gear envy. Um, I would like the Roland SPDX Two, uh, I believe it is. Okay, which we that what that's is a that? Drum pad. Drum pad. Uh, drum trigger. Pad. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that would replace the the Elisa Sample Pad Pro that I'm using right now. Okay.
0: So is that like just like a grid of, of drum pad? Yeah. Squares. It's, uh,
1: I believe it's 10, 10 pads. Okay. It's eight. Nine ten, no, it, it's it's got more. I can't remember exactly.
0: Is, is that like a hardware drum sampler or is it a controller?
1: Uh, I believe it does both, but oh. um, it's it's basically a sampler. Okay, um, which is which is what I'm doing right now. That's where the the tom, uh, all the toms and some of the the chicks and um, like ride cymbal. Yeah, I'm, I'm using that on the. Wait, on are the you sequencing pad. them or are you hitting them like finger drumming? I'm just hitting them with a drumstick.
0: but like, So what would you do? I'm sorry. Is this one that you're talking like about? It's like an upgrade. Is... It's like an upgrade. I got you. Yeah, so it's, it's the exact same it's thing. It's not like that behind you. Nope. Got gotcha. you.
1: No, no this, would, this would be live performance gear. So you'd um, still be hitting it with sticks. I'd still be hitting gotcha. it with sticks. Okay. But it's basically like a, a like professional level yeah. upgrade. Um, kind of like you know going from... Well, that's an, an additional sax, but... It's like going from amateur gear to professional gear. Okay. Um, that would be awesome because I'm, I'm having, I'm actually having some trouble with the sample pad. In, in what way? Um, it, it will trigger other pads when you, when you like, let's say you hit the the far right pad, it might trigger the pad above it. Mm. Um, it, it's just because it's kind of plasticky and, Okay. um, you know it's it's definitely it's not entry level but it's not it's kind of like that mid-grade i believe it's not meant to be doing what i'm doing with it at all um maybe um have you guys tried to record a demo yet or like record
0: not like a cell phone video or something but like an actual like get a studio recording of you guys performing or something like that
1: we've been thinking about it um it's definitely been a requested uh, item amongst our fans they they want to listen to our live sets um because it's and they it's funny because they keep asking for oh that remix of this song and it's like oh, well that's not actually a remix uh we're just putting live instruments over yeah, top yeah. of it but then I thought about it in the moment I was like well it's kind of like remix and yeah, like right. re-edit so like live um but it it's definitely a, a much requested item is is that they they want to hear us
0: I was curious yeah. about that because I was thinking the other day, I, and this offer does stand, uh, if you guys want to come here and perform, I'd love to have you play here, and we could record it and set up the camera if you wanted. But I was putting a little bit of thought into that, like, man, how do I – I guess I'd have to mic your your analog drums to do that, though, right? Yeah. Or else they wouldn't come through. Right. So yeah. then that adds extra complication onto yeah. it on top of any vocals or anything that you're doing. Right. So I'd, I was wondering if you had done any of that yet because you, you have had, part yeah. partially electronic drums and partially analog drums, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. so it's
1: complicated it's complicated lots of mixing <laughs> yeah um eq you know yeah well if you ever want to <laughs> play with and compression that's eq yeah. and compression yeah that fixes everything yeah. it's <laughs> um, like the duct tape of audio <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah i
0: know if you guys ever start playing with that I'd, I'd love to to help in any way i can i've done a little bit of recording bands it's been years and i was never an audio engineer but i mean i can talk shop and play with the gear and twist fade or knobs and stuff so um yeah i'd love to toy around with that because uh we tony and i've been talking a little bit about doing some live streams and and some new show concepts and stuff and i thought it'd be really cool to have you on um so it'd be a good uh it'd be a good test for me anyway to figure out how to really get all that stuff to come through on a live stream or recording sure (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up you guys have any like halloween stuff going on anything cool like that Ooh. Anything you want to so play? We're,
3: yes, we're we're playing Levitt Pavilion in downtown Dayton on November second. We're uh, we're direct support for two friends, so that's going to be a whole awesome. lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not sure how much tickets are. Twenty bucks, twenty five. I don't know. Go to Up and Up Festival and and you'll be able to to buy tickets there. But uh, so that's it's like thirteen days, twelve days, twelve days away. So we're we're back at it.
0: Holy crap! Is that true? <laughs> November second is like twelve yeah. days away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Okay.
2: <laughs> Spring is almost here. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out. Uh, you guys can stay and hang as long as you want, or we can uh, screw around, and or we can record something else. We can record some after show stuff, but uh, it's been great to have you on, and I really like following your guys' journey. I really like watching your hustle, and I want to keep sharing it with the audience as, as long as they find it interesting because I think it's it's beneficial to them. And uh, I think it's it's interesting content And you guys are doing a lot of things right And so, uh, I don't know I appreciate your hustle Yeah, and
3: well, and, and thanks for having us on And
0: yeah. uh, thanks for following the
3: journey Because it's uh, it's just getting started
0: Thanks guys This has been awesome.
1: the Passionate DJ Podcast Peace Later <laughs> Potato, potato.
3: Oh, stop. <laughs> stop it.